right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, 10.01 in the Capital Region. Looking for a great weekend. Uh, it should be good weather tonight for the Edmonton Elks and BC Lions at Commonwealth Stadium. 7.40 kickoff. And um, really excited to welcome in our next guest. Um, kind of, I came to Edmonton in 98, right uh, when this program was starting. And he was a critical key uh, of starting the program, built the program. And we were talking about Howie Draper. Howie how are you? Where are you anyway, Howie? Are you in New York now? No, no, I'm still, first of all, hi, Kevin. Hey, yeah. and congrats on the new gig, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm still in Edmonton. Okay. Um, the, uh, this has been a little bit of a whirlwind. So <laughs> I, really, I, it's just been about a week and a half ago that I actually even knew that they might want me to coach down there. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of pieces that need to be put into place, and the good fortune fortune is that um the league doesn't actually start till january the start of january and uh training camp starts in november so that gives me a little bit of time to figure things out on my end and help transition from the pandas for sure uh howie draper new head coach of the professional women's hockey league team in new york still looking for a name i believe howie but how did this all come about was it kind of a whirlwind as you said uh uh as soon as they came to you and your thought process about leaving a great program you established uh what went through to get where you are now well i by the sounds of it pascal our general manager um so i think it was just like a week prior that he actually found out that he was going to be the gm as well (laughs) so uh anyway he um he went through the process of trying to find a head coach, and uh, he, it sounds like he was—he had some good applicants, but he felt like he wanted something a little bit more. So he reached out to Gina Kingsbury, um, who is—I've—I've I've known for just my uh, involvement with Hockey Canada, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Gina and I can really connect in terms of um, our philosophies and values. So when Pascal contacted her, she. Um, Along with a couple of other people, she threw my name out there, and Pascal knew me because he was also a youth sports coach at one time. Um, so he contacted me and asked if I wanted the job, and that was, you know, two Mondays ago, I think. And uh, and then next thing I knew, I was talking to my wife and talking to mm-hmm. the uh, the pandas and the University of Alberta, and just trying to figure out whether we can make it a go. So you, you yeah. take a, a sabbatical, right, Howie? Is that how it works? Yeah, essentially. It'll be a unpaid leave of absence mm-hmm. for now, for a year, and, uh, and then we'll assess as we get close to the uh, to the summer and see where, where both parties are at at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you built the program at the U of A to where it is now. Um, as I said off the top, I kind of got here at the same time you started building the program. And, right. And, I mean, I remember... You know, we were still doing, uh, you know, the the skates with the alumni bears and things like that. And the, yeah, in the, the late- Thursday skates. Yeah, yeah I, I remember that too. And yeah. and the late nineties, and then like you know, the one I I remember. Well, so Danielle Bourgeois would come out every once in a while, and and right. you know, someone like, did you ever think that the program when you were starting building and you had a, a you know a, a great talent like Danielle Bourgeois, who's probably one of the cornerstones in the early years, mm-hmm. and to get where it went to where it is now. No, I never would have guessed uh-huh. that. I think when I went in, Kevin, I was uh I went in thinking if I can come close, like 
like just a just a hair close to what Coach um, Drake and Coach Moore has created at the U of A, then then I'd be happy mm-hmm. um, because I had such a great experience as a Golden Bear there myself and and learned so much and grew so much and so I just wanted to kind of have that same kind of um, impact and um, <laughs> just kind of you know you said it we we were fortunate I, um, Dan Bomeister came mm-hmm. in and he helped me and he was an outstanding outstanding coach and person and helped uh, build the culture and, and we had some other coaches but we had some great great players that kind of epitomized what we wanted to create there like hard workers passionate about what they um what they're doing and and you know just high achievers borsch was one of those uh kirsten haig who's now a lawyer down in calgary and done great things in female hockey at the highest levels um you know just so many of these individuals that came in just at the right time and helped us put together something that turned out to be incredible and it was that foundation that was created in that first five years that i think helped us build um you know what 25 years later we can Mm -hmm. look back on and be very very proud of yeah for sure well so 14 um canada west titles eight national championships um i mean there was a there was a, a period there where you know between the pandas and the bears it was just you guys were just steamrolling everyone yeah so what was that like well, it was, you know, it was just basically us trying to catch up to the Bears. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'd bring a recruit in, and I the first thing that I usually show her is the banners all around the uh, the building. And and I show her the Bears stuff first, and then I show her the Pandas banners. And I say, we're still trying to catch up. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. ever going to happen, but we're trying to catch up with them. But, um, you know, it was it was easy. Uh, we had a great blueprint that uh, that came directly from, from the Bears hockey program. And um, not just kind of led the way. I think you know when you've when you've got a model mm-hmm. that outstanding, and you, you know you you have the humility just to kind of step back and say, okay, we're going to follow this model because it's great. Yeah. And I don't want to change it. I don't want to make it different. Then good things happen. Um, Howie Draper, uh, head coach of the New York new team in the PWHL, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports fourteen forty. Interesting text coming in. I'm going to get to that in a minute regarding the PWHL. Um, but when you mentioned Claire Drake, Billy Moores, um, when you look at and uh, when you wanted to become a head coach, how much did you take from those guys and even other coaches and, and to kind of mold and shape who you are as a coach? Um, yeah. Was there a lot that you took from those two gentlemen in particular? Yeah, I think a lot is an understatement. Um, like I said, they they created a blueprint that, um, I just felt I needed to follow, and they had such a tremendous impact on me as a young man at that time, and you know the same impact on the vast majority of of Golden Bears, um, that, you know, the hockey players that came through that system. That I I kind of knew exactly what I I wanted to try and um, you know I, I was never going to be them, but I certainly wanted to try and do my best to model the the values and behaviors that they did because again i knew that it had a you know that impact on me was significant so i wanted i felt that that would be the best way to have an impact on um, the young people that that i would end up working with so it was um i was lucky i don't think i would have i don't think i'd be 
getting this opportunity right now. Um, if and I, I wouldn't have had that opportunity with the pandas at, right at the outset of that um, that league and, and our team, if I hadn't had the opportunity to um, to watch and observe um, Coach Drake and Coach Morris and what they're doing, what they did. Mm-hmm, for sure, uh, big influence. Howie Draper, uh, former Alberta Pandas head coach, uh, and now in the PWHL with New York, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, by the way, Howie, our our ten forty guest. Just arrived in studio with police escort. That's how okay. big. That's how big this guest is coming on at wow. ten forty. Police escort. Police escort. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty special. It is. As I said, it's going to be one of the top guests that, that we. Is there? Uh, well, you have to kind of find out at ten forty. Oh, okay. As I said, okay. it's probably our our biggest guest that we've had on any show so far. But okay. Not. No, it's the first time. Well, I guess we had a police escort for Dale McPhee, didn't we, Duke, at the start? So this, uh, again, police escort coming in for this okay. one. Well, uh, I thought it can't be Elvis. <laughs> uh, can't, can't be Biden. Uh, okay, well, I'll listen. Yeah, it's big time. There's no question about it. Um, wanted to get to this text, and, and maybe you can kind of uh, shed a little light on this. And uh, Maybe we feel slighted, Howie, because there are no PWHL teams out west. I, I understand that the league is just starting and it's growing in its uh, in its infancy stage um and with travel and things like that um yeah. very cool so um was there any girls drafted in the recent draft from western canada to, to the pwhl this comes from mark uh, can you ask howie why not one girl and is that correct i i don't have the facts in front of me um mm-hmm. is that is that correct and and why not yeah i to be honest i don't know all the facts either um uh, i i was going into the situation into the draft itself quite blind myself because mm-hmm. i had literally committed i think five days before that so i didn't have a, and i was still working with the pandas so we didn't have a lot of time to go through all the video and everything that our um, that our staff went through um but i certainly i don't you know i didn't see an overwhelming um amount of, of Western Canadian players uh, going into that, you know, that, that had been drafted. There certainly are some. I mean, there, there's one on our team with uh, uh, Micah Zandi Hart, who's with the national program, and I, I believe she's a BC kid. And, um, you know, there's there certainly, and then Schroeder, who became, became our goalie, she's from Winnipeg. So, I mean, those players are in there. Yeah. Um, for my part, you know, I just didn't really, I could I really didn't have any means to compare it because I haven't been on top of the PHF, um, the old uh, one of the old professional leagues, and then the PW um, HP, whatever they were calling the the previous one. I just hadn't been involved. So, mm-hmm. but I, it's I think the uh, the reality is that it, that at the outset here, I'm certain that the league sees value in, in starting small. Um, that's where the vast majority of, of population is in, in our, you know, on our, in North America. Um, it's a good place to start. I'm quite certain that they have the intent of, of growing and, and spreading throughout uh, North America. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time, yep. and um, you know, and I think I think as we as we dig a little bit deeper into. Um, some of those the U sports teams and, and some of the NCAA teams, and you know, draw comparisons between the players in those leagues. I'm sure that that eventually those players will start to to uh, uh, to find their way 
into this uh, into this new mm-hmm. league. For so sure, it'll it'll happen. It'll take yep. time, and you know, I think I think in order to do something right, I think you have to start start small. And I think P, the uh, PWHL is doing it in a good way. I think everyone's excited about it. One last one for Howie Draper, new head coach of the New York squad in the PWHL. So, what's your agenda now? You said uh, you know, again a couple months before the season starts. How do you sort of help build this roster in New York and kind of get it to where you want it to start coming up in January? Mm-hmm. Well, I've I've when I've gone to Hockey Canada camps, as an example, I often go in blind because I don't I don't have the opportunity again to watch a lot of the players that end that I end up working with. But um, I've always just felt that you know uh, I don't see it as my responsibility necessarily to bring in the talent. Um, I, uh, I I let the people the the experts in that area. Um, do their job and then my job is to take whatever I get and do the best I can with it and uh, so that's kind of the mentality that I'm going into the the New York team with um having said that I mean it's a it's a cool process interesting process anyway I mean we we have our I think 18 players that have been drafted um there will be a camp on November 15th that will start on November 15th so we're trying to fill that camp roster inviting players from across Canada, a number of which are from Western Canada. And um, and they'll all come to the camp. They'll all have a, a fair opportunity to show that they belong on the team. And uh, I'll be able to take part in that process, right. get to know them a little bit better, see where their skills are, skills are at, and, and uh, you know, hopefully we can put, put together something special. Well, Howie, we, we uh, wish you nothing but the best. We're going to miss you around Claire Drake for sure. Um, but... Uh, You've been, uh, you know, a stalwart there for well over 25 years. So uh, good luck in New York. And uh, we'll definitely be uh, keeping an eye on the New York, whatever you, whatchamacallit. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kevin. Well, hey, listen, thanks very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I've appreciated talking to you for 25 plus years. That's uh, Howie Draper, the new head coach of the PWHL franchise in New York. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will check in with Oilers head coach, Jay Woodcroft. Uh, some comments from him yesterday after day one of training camp. And again, our 1040 guest just arrived in studio here in West Edmonton Mall, Stingray Studios, 1440 under police escort. Does it get any better than that? This is the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, that's an easy one for me, Duke. Uh, used to love those guys, Brooks and Dunn, back in the day. Um, just a note with our 1040 guests, the police escort has just left the uh, studios here at 1440. And it, he uh, sent me a note. Tell the Duke that he's lucky that his Delburn warrants were not returnable or he was going to headquarters to sort them out. You get in a little trouble down in Delburn over the years, Duke? Over the years, sure, but I like to think I've cleaned uh, cleaned that up. You know, I, I drive the speed limit every day on my way over here. Really? Mostly. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of days where I might hit snooze on the alarm one too many times, and i got to be in a little yeah. bit more of a hurry. But the nice thing is that the longer we go, Kevin, yeah. the more the morning routine gets into, and so I don't have to be here quite as right. early. We can kind of start to... Push uh, push that alarm clock a little bit later. Even get as get as many winks as we need. We talked about it yesterday in the show mm-hmm. how important uh, sleep, sleep is, is yes. right? UC Kikuchi taught us that eleven hours. Uh, but for you, and I mean, what our finest from EPS was getting at was things that happen in Delburn, not your daily drive. 
coming in. Well, that's what I mean. I've, I've cleaned up my act back in the, you know, it's, it's small town living. You, so you, you ran wild back in the day in Delburn? I don't know about that. There, I had some friends that ran a lot more <laughs> wild than, than I did getting into some trouble with the, uh, the school on after hours things and maybe getting up to no good. Uh, I, I, it was hard for me to get into trouble. I was even, uh, even from the booming metropolis of Delburn. I was 10 minutes outside <laughs> of that on uh, nothing but gravel roads. So I like to think I kept myself in line pretty good, but you know, there's the odd speeding ticket and this mm-hmm. and that along the way that I mean, Hey, I've paid my, uh, paid my dues and my fees and, and your I uh, am not currently an outstanding liability to society. I don't think, um, yeah, EPS can, uh, can clear that up for me <laughs> if I am do have something outstanding, but otherwise, no, I, uh, nothing but an upstanding citizen over here. Well, EPS was just here, and they were kind of giving you the up and down. They are looking you up and down. Uh, we're going to get to Jay Woodcroft, his clips, uh, his comments from yesterday after the second session at Rogers Place. Uh, session number one has been on the ice for about 45 minutes now. Um, I'm sure Jason Greger's down there, and we'll have some uh, uh, some sound for his show today at 2 o'clock. Um, Texters coming in at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. This comes with by uh, via Fabio with no hair. Uh, any update on the mayor's block party regarding the location? Okay, uh, we'll give that to you one more time. So uh, that's Odell Willis. He's having a little uh, a block party for the kids and for everything. He's got barbecue barbecue going. He's got everything going. So tomorrow at noon to four, and that's at his uh, his place called Athletes Compound. It's on 99th Street and 67th Avenue. So 99th Street, 67th Avenue. You can check that out. Uh, so yesterday I was down at Oilers day one of training camp, hooked up with, uh, oh, there's quite a few media there. Actually, I thought most of them were there for the main group uh, uh, earlier in the morning, but you know, there was still everyone kind of hanging around to hear Jay Woodcroft. And I brought in my fancy little recorder and the Duke uh, grabbed some sound from it. Uh, Duke, what uh, are we going to hear from, uh, from uh, coach Woodcroft? So here are a couple of different things that uh, I think were pertinent that Jay touched on from the audio you, you supplied for me. The first one just talking about maybe both the team and Coach Woodcroft's own outlook on uh, an improved maybe attention to detail linking back to maybe somewhere they fell short last year. All right, here's Jay Woodcroft. We've heard from McDavid before camp, Dreisaitl, Eckholm, Kane, and there's been really similar messaging coming from them about the margin between winning and losing, and it all seems to be rooted in a little bit more attention to some of the details and defensive play and commitment mm-hmm. and that side of it. Are you sensing that from the group, and, and is that something you're pushed to from day one? Yeah. I think that's what we coach towards. I think we're fortunate because our leadership group is a driven group. So, um, you know, it's not like you're you're having um, to draw that out of anybody. It's there. Uh, the want to be the best that we can be is there. Um, you know, we we want to be a team that is perennially um, in the mix with the best teams in the National Hockey League. How do you do that? You do that by making sure that you're continuing to add layers to your game, to continue to knock on the door, so that one day you can uh, be ready for when that door opens for you. I think that process begins here on day one in training camp. And as I messaged to this group the other day, and I've messaged to our players, the big thing for us is I want them focused on two things. The first is their day, and the second is our standard. Day and standard, and uh, he, uh, Jay Woodcroft, also talked about that uh, Tuesday night again uh, when we were at the Barry Cates Memorial Golf Tournament. 
whatever your day is, if it's a practice, do your best. If it's a game, do your best. If it's an off day, you need rest, get your rest, do your best. Um, you got another one here, Duke, for Jay? What's this one coming up on? Uh, so we heard from Bo Aiken and Sam Gagne uh, earlier in the show and kind of them talking about their own games and their outlook on this season. Uh, Woodcroft did touch on them a little bit, but he also touched on the other player who is here on a PTO, Brandon Sutter. So uh, we'll hear his comments on uh, Brandon Sutter's inclusion at training camp. Brandon Sutter was uh, quite eloquent in kind of speaking about what he's gone through the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Obviously a very well-known name. Mm-hmm. Had a good career. Stumbled for two years physically because he just wasn't able to even set stuff breathing. What do you think of this story about him You know, maybe yeah. making it back and, and being an oiler? Quite a story, isn't it? Um, you never want to see anybody go through what he's gone through over the last couple of years in trying to figure out and diagnose exactly what was going on with him. Um, and then, you know, I think he's in a spot right now where he's feeling really good physically he did well on physical conditioning he's looked good in the skate and you know he's one of these guys we're talking about competition for for lineup spots and um you know a legit area to make our team he's he's right there in the mix and he's got to feel good about because you don't just walk back into being competitive for an nhl roster spot he uh, he's put a lot of work in uh once he he figured some health issues out and you know, I'm sure he's quite pleased with uh, that this day has come and that he's got through it and he's moving on to the next one. That's uh, Oilers head coach uh, Jay Woodcroft talking about uh, Brandon Sutter. And again, uh, he had comments in, with Sam Gagne as well and seeing where Sam's role is and what he um, can do at this point. is still um, really recovering from two hip surgeries. Uh, we had a text come in a little while back about Sam Gagne. Um, uh, how about this one? This comes in and says, five months into a six-month injury recovery, why Sam and not, say, Josh Bailey? Um, similar age, Josh Bailey, Sam Gagne. Um, could have been a different scenario. To um, I, Sam Gagne wants to be here. That's the, it's that simple. He wants, to, he wants to be here. He wants to look forward to whatever happens down the road knowing that he's not going to be starting here at the beginning of the year he's going to have to go to bakersfield he's going to have to get um in tune with his health in tune with his body to where he can be uh, a full participant and getting into the ahl lineup and playing hard and playing well and again he's going to have to wait to see what happens if there's something available for him down the road everyone's talking brandon sutter i mean and for good reason Ken Holland said if he's the Brandon Sutter of uh, a few years back, then that's what they need. It fills the void of uh, Nick Bukestead from what the Oilers had last year down the stretch um, and into the playoffs. Um, Duke, have you got one more sound from Jay or not? Yeah, this is a bit of a longer one with a couple questions in it about the uh, kind of almost linking back to that first clip we heard about, you know, this attention to detail and maybe some adjustments within the scheme of the team to cater to that and needing to be better defensively to help out the goaltending and and just provide a little more structure overall to the team. So here's uh, Coach Woodcroft on that. Jay, I'm asking you to pull up the playbook or anything for us, Mm -hmm. but Evander Kane mentioned the other day that there's Maybe some tweaks that guys are going to have to get used to. Maybe yeah. working on it as early as today. Yeah. 
how much do you think that we margin did, that you're, yeah, I saw yeah. that, that you're looking for maybe lies in some of those, you know, expanded systems plays and just guys <clears throat> being able to play it different ways? Yeah, I think, you know what I, th- I find is that the game continually evolves, right? And there's, um, there's almost a set of stimulus and then response. And then trying to stay ahead of that and understand why you're doing certain things um, is very important. So for us, we're we're always looking to add layers to our game. We call it adding a layer to our onion. I think you want to do that without uh, abandoning what makes you a really good hockey team. So um, there's parts of our game that we want to add to. There's parts of our game that we're going to continue to, um, you know, stress and make important. Um, and as I said, today we, we began that process today. So okay. stimulus and response, I guess that would be like Vegas and then where you are now. Did you, I would imagine you have the most receptive group to defensive change that you maybe you've ever had. Well, what I, when I say stimulus and response, I think that's staying on top of the way the game is being played. You go to a certain team, I think... Um, you would be remiss if if you all you did was try and copy what someone else did. I think the big thing for no, they did, yeah, but you know, but aspects of their game, yeah. Uh, like uh, what I mean by that is, um, you know, the the Tampa Bay Lightning won their Stanley Cups a certain way with the personnel that they had. Um, Colorado found a way to have success in their own manner um, with the personnel that they had. The uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, found their way with the personnel that they had in a certain way of playing. For us, our focus is on maximizing uh, our team personnel. And if that means adding layers like uh, we discussed with Ryan here, um, you know, I think that's important. It's an important first step. Um, but I, what I really like, and this goes back to Ryan's first question, I think the mindset, the group mindset is in a really good spot. Um, you know, they've embraced this idea of, of um, blue-collar work, work ethic. Uh, they've embraced this idea of um, continually getting better each day and uh, looking to find um, small things on the margins that can help us win long-term. Okay, what part and uh, components of both? That's uh, Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. He's on the ice right now. So session one probably ending in, uh, I don't know, what, 20 minutes or so. And then session two will follow up this afternoon. I'm sure Jason Greger will have some comments from some players today after group number one on his show at 2 o'clock. Keep in mind, Fan Day is tomorrow at uh, Rogers Place. You can go down, check out a scrimmage at noon. And uh, it's part of Fan Day with everything. I mean, you've got... The Oil Kings playing tonight, but then their home openers tomorrow. And then on Sunday is the Oilers' first preseason game against uh, the Winnipeg Jets at 4 p.m. Um, we talked about this earlier uh, uh, in the week, uh, Duke, and just the fact that Sports 1440 is growing. The family is growing. We're getting bigger and better. Uh, it was uh, We announced it earlier in the week. It was uh, brought up last night again uh, you know, by Stingray staff, and everyone's pretty proud about it around here because it's a, it's a big thing for sports radio in Edmonton. So uh, we went on the air three weeks ago um, with uh, the Kevin Carey Show, then uh, Fantasy Frenzy, and then we went on with uh, at 12 o'clock, Low Down with Low Tide, then 2 to 6, Jason Greger. Now, beginning on October 1st, uh, Sports 1440 adds sports... Almost 24 hours a day, 
and on the weekends. So uh, we've got programming from 6 to 9 from the Universal uh, Radio Network, uh, which is staying with us for a little bit, just with the contractual obligations. But starting at 9, we will be hooking up with Fox Sports Radio, uh, which will be almost 24-7. So uh, starting uh, with uh, great shows, uh, um, with great commentators, all from the Fox uh, Radio Network. Uh, They've got some amazing, amazing commentators like uh, former uh, Washington uh, NFLer LeVar Arrington, uh, uh, Brady Quinn, who was a great quarterback at Notre Dame. You've seen him on TV. Um, Saturdays will be... Uh, tons of football coverage coming up in the next few months, uh, whether it be college or the NFL. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Sundays is just jammed with NFL coverage, uh, starting right in the morning with uh, a countdown to kickoff with, uh, again, outstanding outstanding commentators uh, that will be all right through the day. And I'm sure you've heard of many of them. I'm not going to go through them all. And that will run all through the night, every night, uh, into uh, the wee hours of the morning. And then we'll join up with programming with them at uh, every morning at 7. So really excited that basically um, Edmonton is all sports, 1440, all sports talk, uh, almost 24 hours a day, call it 23 hours a day. But we're getting... Pretty darn close, aren't we, Duke? I mean, it's been, when you think about where we started three weeks ago, and less than three weeks ago, to see where we are now, you can see uh, how much we're building, I think, and how much people are excited in town. Oh, yeah. I mean, this 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 lineup from Fox Sports, I mean, it is it is top, top drawer. And, and the fact that, like I said, on the weekends, if you're out uh, on the road or whatever the case and you're still looking for your fix, you don't got to be um, searching for it. It's it's right there. You're already preset 1440 in the dial. You can hear some some great experts talk about football and, and basically everything across the world of sports in the uh, North America landscape. So, yeah, I'm really excited to check that out um, starting October 1. It'll be a great addition to my weekend, too. Yes, it will. And you've got to squeeze in the replacements again. Sometime this weekend, I know. I'm You're going back to the farm. Pretty much as soon as I'm done here this afternoon, yeah, hitting the road uh, southbound yeah. and down. <laughs> when you're out in those grid roads and you say someone spun you around 10 times, you know exactly where you are? To an extent, <laughs> even now, like have being uh, back here in the city for even just a couple of years, there's certain parts where it's like when you're there yeah. every day driving around, it's like, oh yeah, that's where so-and-so lives. And they, this, this person owns this quarter of land and that's uh, what they grew last year and things. It, it doesn't take long for me to get out of the, like a realm and yeah. need to completely recalibrate myself because I don't, I, I have a small brain. I'm not an intelligent <laughs> person. I have very limited space in it. And most of it is filled with useless information, not practical stuff like that. So, uh, but you know, each environment I'm put in, I kind of adapt and fill that open space with whatever's in the moment, which right now is, you know, keeping this station running and, and on air. So, <laughs> Well, I, I think all the fantasy frenzy people need to get into that small pea brain of yours at 11 with... Former Rashev T-Bird. Connor Halley. Uh, that's coming up at 11. So um, get your uh, fantasy football questions in uh, to the Duke of Delburn and Connor Halley uh, at 11. Uh, when we come back, the police escort left. Our probably most important guest that we've had on in three weeks will join us after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Finally got her on. Last segment, Duke. Sonny James, a little bit south of Saskatoon to close out the show today um we never talked to any baseball today we're going to touch on that with the duke of delburn so 
both Seattle and Texas didn't play yesterday, but play each other tonight. Toronto Blue Jays lost to the Yankees last night. Move on to Tampa Bay tonight. So the Jays are, excuse me, are a half game ahead of both Seattle and Texas in the American League wild card standings. Now Seattle and Texas are a half game behind Houston in the AL West. So we're getting, I mean, three games in Tampa Bay for the Jays and then six games at home. First, the Yankees and then Tampa Bay. So I I don't know. I just think with Seattle and Texas playing each other seven times, it's going to kind of cancel one of those teams out. And then the Jays are going to find themselves some way into this mix in the American League wildcard. How do you see things? Basically, the the position the Toronto Blue Jays are in is a is a great one, especially considering the way they have played this season. They've been uh, it's it's kind of funny when we talked to um, our guest from the Dallas Morning News yesterday talking about the Texas Rangers and their um, playoff race, both in division and in the wild card spot, about how frustrating the Rangers have been for fans. The Blue Jays are in the same spot. There's a team that can't seem to get out of its own way sometime, and yet still are in the spot where as long as they do not completely lay an egg mm-hmm. in their final um, handful of games, they should make the playoffs because of the fact the way the schedule lined up that Seattle and Texas are going to be duking it out here. So, um, you know, Chris Bassett, he's been he's been great all year. Uh, very few letdown spots for him. He goes tonight, first game against the uh, the Rays, and then Hyunjin Ryu and Yusei Kikuchi will round it out over the weekend. Um, the Jays pitching has been a strength. They're going to need it to be so down the stretch. And then uh, it's been the talk all year. As long as this Jays team can get into the playoffs, their pitching staff is built for it, um, where runs are a little bit harder to come by and everybody's a little, you know, gripping the bat mm-hmm. a little bit tighter. So the Jays are in a great spot, uh, all things considered, uh, because, uh, like I said, I haven't even been watching them the past week, and then <laughs> la- and I, I kept being so, like not tuning yeah. in because they started winning again. Uh, my boycott was working. But then last night when I was at the brew house watching the football game, yeah. of course, a couple of TVs are still on the Jays, so I'm you know checking it out out of my side eye, and they lose. So I think it just tells <laughs> me that, yeah, I better stay away from the television and just stick to listening via radio and checking box scores on my uh, my update apps. Tampa Bay goes with Tyler Glasnow tonight, uh, who has been very good. Vladimir Guerrero entered the game last night as a pinch hitter with the loaded bases, did not do anything, I guess... Picked up an RBI, barely laid out. It was almost a double play. It, was, it, 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 it was, should have been a double yeah. play, an ending, an ending, ending double play, uh, which is kind of what we've come to expect from from Vladdy. You know, offered at the first pitch, not a great swing at at a, at a pitch that was outside the zone. Like mm-hmm. he is, we talk about the frustration the Blue Jays have provided. I think he is yeah. the epitome of that. This is a guy that. We have MVP aspirations for going back a couple seasons. And then at the the uh, Midsummer Classic, wins the home run derby. And we think, wow, could this be what gets this guy back on track um, and get some confidence back into his uh, his veins? It, it just hasn't happened. He hit a home run first at bat after the home run derby, and everyone's going, okay, Vladdy's going to have a good second half. Hasn't happened. He's got 24 home runs, 91 RBI. Uh, I mean, he'd have to really catch fire to, to reach 100 ribbies, which – that should have been like, that's, uh, hey, that's a no-brainer at the start of the year. Uh, we've got some texts coming in. Uh, we're going to get to those in a little bit if we can. one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We're going to bring in our last guest of the day. And we've been, again, police escort just left. Very excited. And we're just going to kind of ask this guest a few questions and see what the response is. So... Uh, welcome to the Sports 1440 Studios. Can you name your favorite CFL team? 
Saskatchewan Rough Riders. What? <laughs> oh, man. Who is your favorite Saskatchewan Rough Rider or one of them players of all time? I really think George Reed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why do you like George Reed or why did you like he George Reed? He did so much for Saskatchewan, yeah. for Regina, for everyone. Hmm. Well, we're really excited to have this guest in. I'm sure some people may have figured it out already. Um, who's your favorite NHL hockey team? The Oilers. Yeah. Why? I've always liked them. I don't really? know. Like. Even back in the late 80s, right. early 80s. Always, really. always. Okay. Um, what former Oiler head coach did you teach in grade one? Todd McClellan. Wow. Very, very serious student. He was? What kind, of, what kind of student was Todd McClellan? He was a good student. Really? Very good. Yes. Out of the rest of the class, how would you put the curve <laughs> on the rest of the class? Well, I don't want to say number one. <laughs> well, is that just because he ended up to be an NHL head coach? Maybe he'll buy me a car. Oh, maybe he will. <laughs> well, okay. Our guest is my mom, Shirley Carius, who came in. Uh, from Saskatchewan last night, and I picked her up after our little uh, do. Uh, Mom, love yes. you. Love you very much. Thanks love for coming too. in. Love this has too. been great. I, I, I mean, you railroaded me. I did railroad you. Would you have come in if I said no? Uh, if I said, told you what was going on? No. You wouldn't have come no. in? No. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so the one question that always gets brought up at the Carious Christmas dinner is that... Uh, my mom taught me in grade one, taught my older brother Ken in grade one, and taught younger <laughs> sister Kelly in grade one. So there was a, a test that you gave all three of us when we were, I guess, what, six years old? Mm-hmm. What, kind six, of test was, what kind of test was this? Oh, standardized kind of a thing given to all students at that time. At, and, but, so it was about to, to kind of like uh, how smart you were, how smart Basically, the kids were. Where, yeah. where you were fitting in society. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. one of the three of us carious kids scored off the charts. Like, I mean, it wasn't, it's like, at the, it's in Einstein level. Well, Is that correct? Well, not Einstein level. Well, but pretty high. Pretty high. Yeah, pretty high. So you came in here today, I believe, to tell <laughs> everyone. Who it is? I did not. Oh, come They've on, They've been trying Mom. to get this out of me forever. <laughs> I will never tell. You'll never I will tell. Never tell. And of course, it's a big thing every Duke every Christmas. We all go. Someone will say something stupid, right? And you'll go, "Well, it ain't you. You know, it isn't you." <laughs> so, um, but we always joke about it for sure. And and uh, I remember. Um, uh, like when we grew up, we were a big sports family, obviously. Always. Yeah. Um, some of my early memories of just in the summertime was going to all the, the tournaments. Uh, uh, Dad was a, a big fastball guy, and we enjoyed to going all the tournaments when he was playing fastball. Right. Um, what do you remember about, you know, you would just haul his kids around, oh. and, and I mean, just to on these dusty Saskatchewan Sundays. Right, 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 what was, right. What do you remember about that? Milk bottles in the, yeah, yeah, baby bottles with sour milk. <laughs> Honestly, it was awful. It was awful, but it was fun. Yeah. It was family time, but yeah, you had to always find, oh yeah, and then the food booths, you know, mm-hmm. all the uh, 
lovely homemade pies and yeah, yeah, yeah. cold plates, right? And good and good fastball, good, Real fastball. good fastball. Yeah, yeah. there was re- we really enjoyed that, and that's kind of where we were with that kind of growing up. And then, I mean, you were uh, like a big hockey mom as, as well. Always, yeah. yes, always. Um, the other thing, uh, the other thing that uh, that I remember growing up is that. Uh, we grew up in Melville, Saskatchewan, and you always, you and dad took in borders. Billets, yeah. Billets. Mm-hmm. So there were, and I mean, you end up staying friends with many of these guys for, yes, forever. Yes, yes, So, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember guys like, uh, you know, Bill Flynn Bill and Flynn, Lionel yeah. Danielson and all yeah, these guys. Yeah, um, yeah, it was great. It was just great. How did you juggle it all? Because you were teaching. It in, wasn't easy. Yeah. That wasn't easy. I was, yeah. I was not always with it half the time. I'm kind of going on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, so you're a professional camper. You're out with my sister here. I am with your sister. Yeah. And I'm going to put a plug in for no such thing as a bully oh, that she is promoting oh, my in goodness. our country. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. On her way to BC. Wow. I'll have to send her the bill for the advertising on that. <laughs> Um, but it's so nice to have you here. Uh, I know, I know you can just say, you're looking at me like, get me the (laughs) hell off the air here. I don't want to talk anymore, but I'm glad you came in. And how about your police escort? Wow. I'll say. Yeah. We don't mess around here at Sports 1440, (laughs) but, um, you did, but you know, like you did teach Todd McClellan in grade one. Um, we were talking, and, and actually Trent McClellan sent a text in. Right, you I, taught I, Trent? I heard that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I taught Trent and Tracy, yeah. And Tracy, so the yeah. whole of McClellan's. They grew up across the street from us. Right. On Centennial Crescent. Centennial Crescent. And again, you said that he was a very serious student, Todd was? Todd was quiet, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. have you ever heard him, his uh, speeches to his team now? Well, what I've seen on... yeah. On TV, he's not quiet yeah. anymore. Well, he has to. He has to be firm. He has to throw the iron fist down. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had there was a we had a great grade one class. You know who yeah. uh, Dean Thorpe? Dean I Thorpe know. is in. Is Dean he's here? De- Dean's down the hallway. In, oh, yeah. in, at CFCW. This this was I have to say I called you my my rash class because I had seventeen boys and. <laughs> Eight girls and all of the boys were making trophies out of tin foil at recess time, so they could play their, their their games against each other and have a winner. And yeah, wow, yeah, were very very hard on me. Well, I'm sorry for that. I just <laughs> apologize. This is like David Letterman when he brought his mom on yeah, years ago on the Late Show. There you go, uh, Mom. Thanks you. Thank you so much for coming in. I know I sort of railroaded you in, but <laughs> I think everyone will be kind of happy that you did. Love you very much. Love you too, And we're going to have a a good weekend of visiting and things like that. Well, we've got to go to hockey first. So how about that? Mom's going to come watch hockey, noon hour hockey. Just like Ladislav Schmid, just, you know, I'll be kind of the same as Laddie was, you know, (laughs) we were talking about that. So Uh, thanks so much to our guests uh, on a Friday. Uh, Eddie Steele brings it every Friday, 7 to 9, our co-host on the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, Great insight uh, regarding uh, the Elks, NFL. Uh, And then it was fun to have Eddie bring in his family that was visiting him up uh, from uh, Iowa, sorry, and they're probably lost in the mall right now. Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News uh, joined us at 7.20 and uh, some interesting comments uh, regarding uh, the draft and where everything is there. Our daily 
8 o'clock guest, Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. On the mark, brought to you by Booster Juice. Uh, Speck uh, standing in line still to get his passport. Odell Willis, the former CFLer, former double year, our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. Uh, and Odell had some great uh, comments uh, regarding his uh, little foray into Edmonton. And uh, there's another guy, stayed here after his career. Rob Maddy, Associated Press, covering the NFL. Uh, and, you know, Rob is a great guest too, Duke. He had some really interesting comments uh, regarding Nick Chubb. Check that article out with Nick Chubb, running backs in the NFL, uh, Rob Maddy, Associated Press. Uh, Nicole Falcone, Dempsey, a great initiative that uh, the inter-soccer girls soccer uh, teams are doing for Sorrentino's Compassion House uh, tomorrow and Sunday. Uh, That's at Elsinore Park. Uh, Check that out. Help them out if you can. Great cause, uh, Sorrentino's Compassion House. Howie Draper, professional women's hockey league coach, New York, New York, no team. They just made me call her the New Yorkers. Who knows? And then our guest, our great guest of the day, my mom, Shirley Carius, in from Malvo, Saskatchewan. So, Duke, uh, we've got just maybe a couple quick minutes here. Uh, the Duke of Delmore, Delburn, pardon me, the Duke of Delburn, and... Former Rushep T-Bird. Connor Halley will be uh, with you here in about five minutes to talk fantasy football on Fantasy Frenzy. Can you give uh, our uh, listeners just a little snippet, a little harbinger, and what's uh, coming up at 11? Uh, well, as always, we're going to take everybody's text questions uh, heading into the weekend. If you got some uh, perilous situations in your lineup you need a little bit extra advice on, we'll do our best to answer them for you. And then our uh, daily fantasy wizard of the day brought to you by Canadian Brewhouse is going to be John Macri from uh, Pro Football Focus. A lot of insight, a lot of great data that John provides us in helping make some of those decisions. But as always, get your texts in one 401 1440 we'll get things going right off the hop sharp at 11 o'clock here. Hey, did my uh, pick for the Survivor Pool come in last week? Did Were you able to fix that for me? Yeah, here, here's a quick thing before we yeah. jump out. Yeah. Kevin out on the road last week and texted me. He's like, yeah, hey, I didn't get my picking. Can you do it for me? And I, no, Kevin, I don't have your login information. I can't just make your picks for you. But the good news is, Kevin, I also lost out. So we're but in the no, same But no, I had Dallas. But if the pick oh, didn't go in, what do you want me to do here? I'm I'm not God. Well, you can. You're in charge of the system. You and Connor can figure it's, it out. It's it's all outsourced. It's automated, oh, okay. automatic. Well, too bad. Um, then coming up at uh, noon to two, the low down with low tide and uh, Freddie Declan Kruger, <laughs> and then two to six, Jason Greger on the Jason Greger show. Uh, thanks so much for making us part of your day. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's been a wonderful three weeks here so far. Um, just uh, just thrilled to have you along uh, for the ride. And now that we have 21 hours of sports programming moving forward, it can't get uh, any better than that. Um, just want to remind you that the next public timed automotive RV auction is now on. View on site, then bid online at info at maauctions.com. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for listening and keep her between the ditches. Here's a sports update with the Duke.